Welcome to Conversations Live. For more than a decade, we've brought you the best in books, entertainment, celebrity interviews, and current events. When the movers and shakers of the world have something to say to you, they say it to us first. Here's your host, Cyrus Webb. Welcome back, everyone, to Conversations Live. I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Glad you all could join us once again. But for our radio audience tuning in at WYAD 94.1 FM and WYADonline.com, we're glad you all can be with us. Also, tune in through our online affiliates around the world. We're glad you all could be with us as well. This is a big week for our next guest. We're excited to welcome author Meredith Shore to our broadcast. She's celebrating her brand-new book, Someone Just Like You. We're going to talk to Meredith not only about the writing of the book, but also what it's like for her to bring these characters to life and to see the way that people are already responding to them. Meredith, thank you again for the time. Glad to speak with you. Hi. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Oh, the pleasure is definitely all mine. I've been looking forward to this. I was privileged enough to be able to get an advanced reader's copy of the book, so I've been looking forward to this week for you. So I want to talk about this experience. I've seen some of your videos, Meredith, of you, uh, of course, talking about, you know, getting your own advanced copy, then, of course, uh, being able to get, you know, the actual copy of the book and what that was like. What has it been like for you now to be celebrating the book's release? It's amazing. I mean, this is the second book that I have in bookstores, and it's just as exciting the second time around. It's, like, very surreal. Um, and, like, my launch party was on Tuesday night at an independent bookstore in Manhattan. And just the love that I felt for the people who came. I had friends, family, fellow authors, readers who I previously only knew from, like, Instagram. I was able to place, like, a face to their, you know, names on, on Instagram. And it was, it, it was amazing. Yeah. These characters are fun, but they also are very realistic and relatable, uh, Meredith. Was that part of the draw for you when the, when the idea came for you, that these were characters that were like us that are trying to figure out this thing called life just like the rest of us? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like to write characters who are real people or who can be real people, somebody that any of us can have in our lives or can even be. Of course, I'd love to read books about celebrities and royal people and everything, but personally, as a writer, I like tapping into just the regular average person's experience, just um, finding love, dealing with family and career and friendship the way we all do. Yeah, and we definitely get all of that in someone just like you, but we also see what it's like when we don't always see eye-to-eye with individuals and the, the conflict and the surprises that can come with that. So before we get too far into this book, I do want to ask you about the journey of writing for you, Meredith. Is this something that you've always envisioned for yourself, that not only being a published author, but also having books that readers around the world would enjoy? I am not one of those authors who grew up at like three years old with a pencil in their hand, you know, already scribbling <laughs> stories. Yeah, I mean, I was like 30 when I discovered that I really wanted to be a writer. And that's not to say I was never writing. I was always writing little short stories and poems and very bad poems. But I was always writing something, but it never occurred to me to make it my career until, yeah, like my 30s. I Sometimes I wish I could go back and maybe change my major in school so I could start, you know, earlier, but I think everything happens for a reason. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And that's actually one of the lessons I think that the characters and someone just like you (laughs) realize as well. That is true. 
yeah, that things happen for a reason, Meredith, but they also realize that old adage that timing is everything. So I do want to ask you about how this all started. Where did the idea for this book come from? Well, there is a couple of inspirations for the book. The first is my how I grew up, actually. I am the youngest of three sisters, and I lived across the street from a family who had three siblings. And I was best friends with the youngest daughter, and our families were best friends, and we spent a lot of time together playing outside, going out to eat. And I knew that I wanted to write, like, a hate-to-love rom-com. And I mm. thought to myself, what if instead of Ronnie, the girl who lived across the street and went on to be my best friend, was a boy, and instead of us getting along, we were complete opposites who knew how to, like, rattle each other's cages, and we just did not get along and were stuck together all the time for being the babies in the family. And then, you know, 10 years later, we have to work together to team up on something and we fall in love. And so that, so it was inspired by my neighbors and my family, and I actually dedicated the book to them. But there was a, there's a twist in the book, a doppelganger twist, where the characters who they say they hate each other, and yet they've been dating versions of each other's doppelganger since they started dating, basically. That came actually from an episode of Friends, the television show. Ah. I was watching. I was watching, there's an episode called The One with Russ. And I don't know if you've ever watched Friends, but Rachel and Ross were like a very popular couple in the book, two main characters. And they would fight and they would get together, then they'd break up and they'd get together. And at one point they were broken up and Rachel shows up at the coffee shop with this man named Russ who looks like Ross, and talks like Ross, and acts like Ross. And all of their friends are like, do you not see this? Do not see the resemblance. And Rachel and Ross are completely clueless. I think it's hysterical. And I think I had watched it when I was drafting like a different book. And I'm like, this might be a really fun idea for a twist in a book. And I mentioned it to my agent and she agreed. And so I just decided to combine those two, the families living across the street and the doppelganger twist together. And that's how I came up with someone just like you. Love that. Love that. And I say that the story is something, again, that is relatable, Meredith, but it also is definitely fun. You know, I, one of my things my friends tell me, they tell me I'm good at what I do because I, I do love to read books. I read them and I remember things from them. But, that, you know, this is why people don't like to go to the movies with me, Meredith. I see meanings in everything. So I'm like, oh, my goodness, that's a great – instead of saying that was a great movie, I'm like, oh, did you not realize that, you know, what it was trying to tell us about <laughs> – about this. <laughs> so, of course, I got some of that from someone just like you, too. But one of the things that I got from it is the lesson I mentioned, and that is about timing. Because I think for so many people in life, they, they want things to happen when they want it to happen. And a lot of times, things may actually be there that you're not even paying attention to. Uh, what was that like for you to kind of think about when it comes, especially with Molly, about the idea of Things happen when they're supposed to happen. Yeah, Molly is kind of a control freak. She's type A, and she ha has to plan everything out, and she's got a life plan, and sometimes it doesn't go the way she wants it to. And she had to learn in this book, I think one of the major character arcs for her is that sometimes you just can't plan things, and sometimes the best things in life are when you don't plan them. And so that, that was a big um, part of it for me while I was writing mm -hmm. it. That, you know, she has to, you know, and it's not just her life, but like her family 
you know, her parents were, you know, separated when she was younger and it became very important for her to keep them together and make sure that they don't break up because it's something that she or her siblings have done wrong or, you know, so she tries to be the good girl all the time. And I don't want to spoil something that happens later in the book, but again, like she has to learn that sometimes no matter what you do, you can't, you can't plan it. Things just happen. Sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're bad, but that's life. Exactly. So, so, so true. And I think, you know, even as I think about with Judy uh, and well, I'm sorry, with Jude and with, with Molly, I love the fact that they have this, the dynamics between them are not perfect, and that's what makes it great <laughs> because it's not like, yeah. you know, everything's going to happen the way that people think it's going to happen. So I, I think, you know, for yourself, I'm curious, when you were writing the book, did you see an evolution of Jude as well as you were writing it? Yes. Although Jude's character development came a little bit later, that came in like edits. Since this is first-person POV, I, I initially plot out the, the main character's journey first. And Jude, he evolved a little bit more. You know, he learned that sometimes he has to put in work um, to get, you know, he can't always live off of charm. Um, and he also realized that, like, Molly, I think he thought Molly was, like, robotic and just, mm. you know, and not very fun. But he also enjoyed – actually, no, I think he always knew he, she was fun, but she was hiding behind it. And he liked to bring it mm-hmm. out in her. You know, I don't think he yeah. ever hated her as much as she thinks he did. I think that he liked to press her buttons because, A, it was fun for him. But, B, he, think, he also knew that it was fun for her. And she knew yeah. that she needed that. And maybe even from a younger age without even realizing it, he kind of knew what she needed. Yeah, I love that, and I love the way that the characters around them are able to be able to kind of be there to kind of balance it all out, and I think that that's another great thing, too. You mentioned something interesting, that's family. I definitely like the family dynamics in this book. I want to talk a bit about that, but I want to say for those who are just tuning in, either on the radio side or online, you're listening to Conversations Live. We're excited to welcome author Meredith Shore to our broadcast today. Meredith is celebrating this week her brand-new book. It's called Someone Just Like You. It's available now through our friends at Amazon.com or through your favorite local bookstore. We're going to remind you of that. So talk to us about the idea of family in this book, because as you mentioned with Molly, Molly's family life was different. And so she, one of the things that I remember her saying in the book is that, you know, the idea of of kind of, you know, being able to get to know your partner and to be able to realize the things that your partner enjoys. Talk to us about what it was like for you to use, use her parents' lessons in her own life. Um, I don't think that she kind of realized that until later. I think her mother kind of had mm-hmm. to, to explain that to her because she, again, she was so focused on everything being, everybody being happy and everything working out right. And then, and then she learned that sometimes the things that make us happy aren't the things that we expect them to be. And her parents were, were in okay. fact happy. And, she, and Molly is worrying about them when there was absolutely nothing to worry about because they were happy. And mm-hmm. she had to learn that everybody's definition of happiness is different, and sometimes it's not like looks perfect on paper. It's not necessarily the best thing for people, and so I, yeah. I think that that was that was a big, big thing for her to dis- to discover and to accept. She was definitely like the baby in the family. You know, her career. She's very type A and very ambitious, and 
but when when it comes to her family, she was a people pleaser and kind of a little bit of a baby. And I th- I got that from me. I'm the youngest of three mm-hmm. also, and I'm also the people pleaser in my family. I don't know if that's always the, the youngest role. I think sometimes it's the middle child role, at least stereotypically. But in my family, yeah. I'm the one who wants everybody to get along. And so I put that into into Molly as well. Yeah. Love that. So uh, the last thing I want to talk to you about, Meredith, is when it comes to the characters and, and their evolution, I think the the one thing that I, I also saw, I did not expect this when I went into the book, was the idea of being enough. I think everyone has their own idea of what happy ever after looks like. What was it like for you, even based on what you just said, which I love what you just said, what was it like for you to kind of see for Molly and Jude to both get that, that their happy ever after may not look like everyone else's, but it doesn't make it any less real, you know, or or genuine? Yeah, because, I mean, their love language is basically like teasing each other. And maybe other people from the outside might look at them and be like, they they call each other names. I mean, he's still calling her by her nickname, Mole, by, and like the, in the epilogue when they're like in love. And, and that's just the way they are. And they're constantly going to be like digging each other, like digging on each other. And they're always going to be competing. It just becomes a lot less, uh, a lot more harmless. I mean, I, I personally think that even in their pranking days, they were pretty harmless. There was one thing that went wrong, but that was accidental. I won't spoil that. But Later right. on, it just becomes it, – it's just their their love language is teasing each other. And some people yeah. don't see it that way, you know, don't think that's not their ideal relationship, but that's Molly and Jude. Same thing with, with their career track. You know, Jude had a, a plan for his life that – his career at least that didn't go the way he thought it would. And he had to – figure out where, what he wanted to do next. And the same with Molly. Her plans, like, changed, like, three times. For a planner, she pretty much got it wrong. It took her, like, it takes her, like, three tries, three different careers to kind of get it right. And I think it's yeah. a, a journey on figuring out what it is that means happy to you as an individual or as a couple, like Molly and Jude. Yeah. I, mean, I, I read Love a lot that. of romances, and I, I write them, and every couple looks different. And that's, I think, that's what makes, you know, novels so much fun to read is because the happy, hap, yes, every romance has a happy ever after, but they all look completely different from each other. Such a great point. Yeah, I love that. Did you know going in that you wanted to be able to speak in Molly's voice to kind of sleep in her skin, uh, Meredith, to be able to, to help tell her story? Yes, I, I definitely find, at least for rom-coms, for me, writing in the first-person POV just gives me I – be, I become my characters when I'm writing them. I know how they're – like, I just – it helps me figure out what they're feeling inside, so I know what their internal thoughts are. And I like being able to express that as the author. And, mm, you know, as that. in first-person POV, I'm, I'm able to. I mean, I can't write about what other people are thinking unless they tell Molly, mm. but <laughs> I, I really do like writing, you know, from, from the per, first-person POV. Yeah. So I have to ask you this question. I know you've gotten it already, but I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't ask. Did you feel as though the characters were where you wanted to have them, or did you feel like they were someone that you would want to revisit again? Um, I, would, I don't know if you're asking if I would want to write a sequel for them, 
because that, yeah, that's kind that's of what the I love. Um, I, you know, I don't as much. I do. Lo- I love their world. I feel feel very comfortable there, and it's um, it's, and it would be fun. But I don't really know where I would take them from there. It might be fun to pull people like um, side characters out of there and mm-hmm. write like a book yeah. in the same universe. But it's not right. something that I've really um, thought about or like spoken to my agent about. You know, there's because okay. also the other main character. It, it seems like it would be Esther. You know, she's Molly's best friend, and that seems mm-hmm. like a good place to go. But now she also had her happily ever after. Both sisters are kind of with people. I mean, I guess I could break somebody up and write and write a new book for them. <laughs> but yeah, I don't. I, I feel like I ended everything in a in a really good place, and I would be. I think Molly and Jude would be really pissed off at me if I if I changed it, and I made them like when break they- up or something. <laughs> that that is fair that is fair well definitely we want our audience to be able to go ahead and get their copy of someone just like you it is out now meredith is very active on social media i can tell you that so meredith let our audience know how can they stay connected with you and kind of keep up with what's coming up next for you sure on um, instagram and threads which is i guess the new the new Twitter, because Twitter is now X, I guess. I am Mer- at Meredith Shore for both of them, for all of them. I also have a Facebook author page under Meredith Shore Author, although I'm not nearly as active on that. So I would say okay. that Instagram is probably the best place to follow me. Gotcha. Well, Meredith, it's been a lot of fun speaking with you. Enjoyed the book. Would we'll definitely be writing my review for sure. Encourage anyone else Thank who's actually so read the much. book. Yeah, definitely to make sure they share their thoughts and and looking forward to speaking with you again. I would love that. Thank you again. More than welcome. And we thank your audience for tuning in to another great segment of Conversations Live. Until next time, I'm your host, Cyrus Webster. As always, enjoy your day, enjoy your life, enjoy your world. Thank you all for choosing Conversations Live. And let's go make today amazing. Take care. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.